0: listening to the brand new episode of in love with the process i am your host mike pecci what is happening uh you have been listening to the sweet sweet sounds of la avenue obviously heavily influenced by blade runner obviously Hi everybody, it is an early Sunday morning, I am uh, sitting here with the lovely, the talented, my lady (laughs) Gina Manning. Hello Gina.
1: Hello. Well
0: then I gotta adjust my microphone, see how it's falling slowly. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a fucking hunchback. (laughs) Hi Jeans.
1: Hi, good morning.
0: Good morning. Um, We are up early this morning to get a podcast in on Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. Um we're back from vacation. We were on vacation for a week.
1: Yep. Much mm-hmm. needed. Much needed. Still tired.
0: Still tired. <laughs> Still tired. Um thank you everybody for uh going back and listening to all the older episodes. Uh I did a post. It was sort of a brag post uh from vacation saying that I wasn't going to do an episode last week. Um, and then um we released the <laughs> epic Peter Stormare episode last week and everybody loves it. So cool. Yeah, very cool. Um we tried watching uh uh Big Lebowski last night. And you you just don't like that movie.
1: This is how we're gonna start the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just tune I don't know what it is about that movie, if it's like I should like it, but I don't. Yeah, it's weird. I tune
0: out. It's weird. And when I watch it with you, I feel that you don't like it. Yeah. So I'm like, we should stop this. I don't want to feel
1: this way. I <laughs> I feel like we just lost like 100 viewers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been a while since I've had you on the show. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you have been insanely busy since the last time you were on the show. Yeah. Yeah. How's work been for you?
1: It's been good. It's been nonstop since March uh-huh. or February. Uh-huh. Now it's May.
0: Uh-huh. That's very true. <laughs> um, and I want to get a little bit into that, into what you've been doing. Hold on, I got to. <sighs> oh
1: my God. Yeah, sorry. It's this is early, a
0: special, buddy. special episode. <laughs> it's early. It's early. <laughs> uh, I want to get a bit into um, what you've been doing. You kind of changed your strategy a little bit a little while ago and uh, started to retackle the industry a little bit differently. Mm hmm. Um, Actually, it all started when we first moved out here and you uh, sort of tackled trying to be a photographer that moved to a new town
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and dealing with all that stuff. So I want to get into that. Um, and then sort of the shift of your career with the understanding where the business has been going and and all of that stuff. And then sort of the progression of you of what you've done from going uh, from just doing like a photo shoot for a magazine, booking B. Miller and then the progression all the way through to like shooting, um, uh, what's his name, Twilight Boy, just Robert wrote. Pattinson. There it is, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> it's a Sunday. Uh, so yeah. Um, so if you want to, you you want to walk through some of this
1: stuff with me and sure. talk about
0: stuff. All right. So when we first moved out here to California, you really didn't have any contacts or connections out here, correct?
1: Sure, yeah. I had a couple magazine contacts. That's maybe like a couple makeup artists. Yeah. That's it.
0: Yeah. And so what was the initial plan of attack for you? Do you remember?
1: We decided that I would just take as many free editorials as I could to just build a network and start working with people and meet new possible clients.
0: Yeah. And so one of the things that we... Been encountering and that you've been encountering is sort of the current state of print magazines and sort of the transition sure. of photography with that stuff. Like, what is what are print magazines these days?
1: Uh, for those that's, I th- a lot of them are moving fully digital. I mean, print is especially ones geared towards the youth because no one is buying magazines anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So print's basically dead.
1: I hate to say that. I will still work print whenever I can, but... (laughs) (laughs) But
0: I mean, for for a business strategy, it's pretty difficult. Sure. You know? Yeah. Because most magazines that are still doing print stuff just seem to be very custom-tailored art magazines.
1: Yeah. You cannot make a living off of... It it may be so cool that you have the cover of a magazine, but you cannot make a living off of that. There's not enough money in that industry anymore.
0: Yeah, they just don't have the advertising revenue, and they don't have the subscription revenue either. And I think it's just important to say that out loud on the show, because I think there's a lot of photographers out there that are still thinking that that system is in place.
1: Yeah, I mean, do it. Work with amazing people, but it's just not not enough to live. Yeah. Especially not in L.A. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think in general, and and we're seeing, like, didn't we hear something about, uh, I feel like I heard something about a publication that had the photographers paying to submit to the publication.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Uh, Especially indie magazines, um, they're very much driven by, you know, whatever revenue they can make, which whether or not I agree with charging the people who provide uh, the things to put in your magazine is another story and not even getting a free copy of your magazine. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean,
0: it feels like a, an extent of desperation on the part sure. of, of that yeah. magazine. Um, And then th- there are a lot of these th- we've had, I've had other photographers on the show that actually publish their own magazine to get attention out there. It seems like a lot of these magazines that are being published uh, are being published by other photographers Yeah, are being published by folks that um, really don't want print to die. And so they're desperately trying to grip onto that media. Yeah.
1: And I will continue to support print because it is my favorite outlet to work for. A
0: hundred percent. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Sure. And I'm not i am no, no, trash no, no, no. talking it.
1: Of course, of course.
0: Yeah, I'm just laying down some realities here. And these were some hard realities that you had to face when you came out here.
1: Yeah, to work. I mean, it was really good, though. We, I was shooting a lot, um, either with publicists directly or with magazines and meeting people. And that's how... We discussed on the last uh, episode I was on how I met B, um, and that's been an amazing relationship since then. And that kind of jump started everything uh, for me here. And that was like a year, mm-hmm. and then we came off of that, and I took—I think that was—we did a full year with B, and then I was like, I need to take a break. <laughs> well,
0: well, for those that haven't gone back and listened to that other episode, it was. You did a publication. So there was a, what was the publication that you shot for?
1: I think it was Notion magazine. Was it Notion? I'm sure. Yeah. Or Lady Gun. I can't, I think it, maybe it was Lady Gun. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so it's a, a great magazine, a smaller publication mm-hmm. that really, um, the other thing that we sort of encountered was that the resources aren't there for just the shoots alone, like budgets to shoot things, like budget for gear, budget for crews. So you had to really think sure. creatively. Um and so then you did a quick shoot here at the house with B and you two got along really well and it was less about the photos and it was more about the relationship that you Yeah,
1: was it was for. like the instant connection between us.
0: Yeah, and it's because you do your work a little bit differently than a lot of other photographers do. Like what's your philosophy on working with an artist?
1: Um I think my greatest joy is seeing how we can collaborate on something that we both love. Uh, it's not necessarily about me pushing you know, my vision or at the same token, it's not always about making them like doing everything that they want. It's just finding this really like open creative place where we can be coming up with ideas together the whole time.
0: And how do you find that place initially?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a long process. <laughs> where does it start? The I probably want to hear everything from them. Like I don't like to come up with an idea just by listening to their music it's more important for me to listen to them talk about their music first or you know whatever they're working on um and then you slowly build something from there
0: hmm. cuz you're really hunting for like where that artist is in the moment
1: yeah where where they want to be who they want to be next if they want to be similar to you know it's all about you know what they want to be next
0: yeah no I mean, it's true and it's tough it's an interesting philosophy on on doing this because What you're essentially doing is sort of skipping past the gatekeepers, which you still have to pay attention to at some point. So it's this management between dealing directly with an artist and trying to get as much as you can as far as inspiration is concerned, but then also dealing with the business side of that artist and the management teams and yeah, I don't struggle
1: with. I think it's the same philosophy when it comes to labels and management as well. I mean, everybody should be a collaboration, and like everyone should be happy and heard. And I don't know, it's exciting. And more challenging in a good way to have so many different inputs and still make something amazing that everyone loves.
0: Yeah, because at the end of the day, you are doing, essentially, you're making advertisements for whatever they're yeah. selling. Or whatever and I love that. For.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, adver- advertising in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> not, not like boring advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really fascinating
0: sort of minefield that you have to be creative in and sort of navigate your way through. Yeah,
1: I don't struggle with it at all.
0: I know you don't. That's what makes you successful. You're actually more, you're better at it than I am. Um, You you do a much better job. I don't know about that. That's very true. (laughs) But
1: I appreciate that. (laughs) It's very true.
0: Um, Okay, so then you uh, collaborated with B, and then she was super excited about the photos that we put out.
1: I feel like we did a whole episode on this. I have to recap, man. <laughs> okay. It's called recap. Okay, okay. It's called recapping. It's called building a narrative. Yes. B and I <laughs> fell in love creatively, and we worked together pretty much every day for a year during quarantine, and we would only see each other while we were scared we were going to kill each other of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, what were you guys working on? You, it wasn't just photos. Uh, yeah, we. I came out here expecting to continue my photography career, and that ended up expanding exponentially over the course of a day we had one meeting and her team was like, let's have you creative direct. I think I had to go home and Google what creative direction was, <laughs> 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 but they had such faith in me and it really fit very quickly. And I mean, it was what I always wanted to do, but I didn't even know that it existed because back in Boston, I really wasn't exploring that realm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then that very quickly became what seven music videos, and then you suddenly were yeah. Were, were I was a music into- video director. Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> learning how to do the music video you know, world.
1: I was a cinematographer all of a sudden. I would I you know maybe I was a videographer. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I see you, Kruda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then,
0: uh, so then you're thrust into this insane learning experience.
1: Yeah, which is pretty much the way that I learned from the beginning of my career. What, what was it like? a year into shooting photography? I had no idea what the settings on the camera was. I just knew how to manipulate certain buttons to make it look the way I wanted, which is insane <laughs> to me.
0: <laughs> but since then you've this is what I've always found very inspiring about you as a creative is that you throw yourself completely into it. And it's not that you're not afraid of these things, but you seem to be able to sort of jump in, even though you're, you, there could be fear or trepidation. You know what I mean? It's like someone on a cliff and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make this jump. And you close your eyes and you sort of th- throw yourself into it. And the work uh, ends up becoming incredibly original and incredibly um, emotional and uh, raw, which I think sp- speaks to a lot of folks that you're working with.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'd say I'm just, I'm always hungry for like, I don't want to ever do something I've already done. But you know, of course, somehow it all looks like my work. But mm-hmm. each project I take on, I'm like, what haven't I done? What am I excited to do next? I know when I started my career, I was like, what kind of photography do I even want to shoot? So it's like, I'll shoot weddings, I'll shoot dogs, <laughs> I'll shoot corporate shit. <laughs> but it, uh, I wouldn't, even, what do I even do? I'm, I'm in fashion. Oh, at this point? At yeah, this point? I. I, it has become so much because of everything that I tried, I have uh, played with in the past.
0: Well, I mean, you're, I think you're successfully building a brand, which sure. is which is Giselle. I think that...
1: Pro- well, look at that segue. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. The,
0: the, the process of everything that you've done uh, creatively has sort of shed light on the fact that you aren't just a photographer. And honestly, to, to many of those listening to the show, that... The career path of just being a photographer really doesn't exist anymore. There are some sort of... There are people that fall into it and they find like a really special niche that pays for them to do that sort of thing. But to plan a career just to be a photographer is difficult, don't you think?
1: Sure. I guess. I think some people can figure it out uh, depending on what type of photography they want to shoot. But I just... Now that I do so much, I don't think I could go back to just one. And also, it's nice to be like, I'm tired of shooting music videos. I'm a photographer now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it keeps you uh, it keeps you creatively, yes, uh, invested in it. So you ended up doing this uh, this giant project with B, which you know ended up being really good for you because it was during the pandemic. So everything had to be scaled down. And so you guys were hyper focused on emotion, hyper focused on, Um, you know, small techniques. And so it was actually a really good film school for you for that entire process, as far as music videos were concerned.
1: Sure. And I feel fortunate that it happened, you know, six months after we moved here. I mean, it was already happening pre-quarantine, but like it was such a blessing that we weren't just moving here. And then, you know, COVID happened and I didn't have anything. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great.
0: Yeah. So then you uh, wrapped up B and then what happened?
1: I think that was a full year. Like that was every day for a year we worked and we made so much amazing stuff. Um, once that was up, I think that was when I took a a six month hiatus yeah. <laughs> that I hated instantly as soon as I did it. But then I also didn't want to work. So I was like, <laughs> I needed a break, not for, because I didn't love everything that I did. I just, I needed to take some time off just, you know, for my health and
0: yeah. Yeah, you had a lot of like personal stuff that was neglected sure. through that period of time. But um, so then you went through the process of taking some time off. Yeah,
1: I got a Switch. I got really into uh, Zelda, <laughs> Animal Crossing.
0: Animal Crossing was a big thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You spent six months shaking trees and picking up apples.
1: Wow, I was so invested for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh,
1: and so then
0: what happened uh, after those six months? Did you have. Did you just jump right into another project? What did it feel like after those six months? Uh,
1: I think very quickly, I I think I loved, I can love not working as much as I love working, which is a blessing and a curse. But after I stopped working, I started to feel very, you know, like I was missing work again. So I started to put out the feelers. I think what happened next was I started doing editorial again and started working with publicists and creating content And figuring out, like, what I wanted to shoot next and, like, I don't know, working with new styles and um, refining things.
0: That was when... Is that when we shot uh, uh, Kevin Smith's daughter? Was that... Yeah, we shot
1: Harley Quinn, uh, Kevin Quinn. Weirdly enough, we had multiple Quins. (laughs) 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 Then, I don't... We shot... Oh, uh, Jesse. We shot Jesse Lay as well. Um, And that was really fun. That was all, you know, of course, I... (laughs) I am either doing nothing or I'm doing too much. So we did what, like three editorials in yeah. a couple of weeks yeah. and they were everything we had to do ourselves. So that was intense, but they were amazing. And
0: well, you also, so you, you, uh, started to move technically in a new direction. So like, uh, during the whole B thing, you were either shooting with your Nikon DSLR and doing digital DSLR stuff. You were also doing a lot of, uh, dad cam, quote unquote, dad cam yeah. stuff. I
1: forgot who first, Said dad cam to me, but it's stuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, so like dad cam is what, yeah. what's dad cam?
1: Uh, just old vintage, vintage as in like you know nineteen nineties, two thousands cameras, uh, shot on tape.
0: Yeah, so it's all like <clears throat> mini, you say vintage, but it was like when my career started. So yeah. like you're talking like mini DV, uh, high eight, digital high eight tape stuff. Sure, yeah. All that kind
1: of stuff. Doesn't matter what it is. I think people get too fixated on that. I just became obsessed with the look um, and I tried to see how much I could make it look like what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started during quarantine just because I was looking for fun things. I was like, if I'm going to start shooting my own stuff, like what's fun for me? What What look do I like?
0: Um, what do you like about the dad cam, let
1: Oh, everything. I love like that the bottom corners is always going to be like a different frame and I like that, you know, it's pixelated and it has its own look like immediately out of camera. Um, and then I can manipulate it physically. I think all oh, that's really awesome. And it limit I like sometimes being limited by a product. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. And because there's a certain the other thing that's fascinating about that format is that you can you can only light it to a certain extent. There really sure. isn't much that you can do with lighting. Yeah,
1: range. that's why I have multiple cameras, because I'm like, I don't know which one of these is going to register this look better than the other ones. So I'll just <laughs> use whichever one looks the best when I get on set.
0: <laughs> so you were messing around with that stuff with B. It was also out of necessity because uh, we didn't have access or you didn't have access to crews. You didn't have access to any of that stuff sure. during, during COVID. So you needed to come up with something that was dynamic and simple to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean.
0: Oh, did I? Was I? No,
1: no, no. I think you're right.
0: Yeah, because then you ended up trying
1: to think of how I even stumbled upon the camera. I just, I like to like hunt for things. Like, how do I find anything? I just become obsessed with like, I don't know, eBay, Etsy, Amazon. Yeah,
0: the the package, (laughs) the the pile of packages. Now, now Instagram's
1: getting me with that, you know, panoramic film camera.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you were playing with this stuff with B, and then you actually jumped into medium format.
1: In the yeah. interim, during quarantine, when when I was off duty, mm-hmm. <laughs> off work, I uh, invested in a medium format camera because I had always wanted one. I have friends who shoot medium format, and they're just like such creamy portrait 400 film, and a medium format camera is just so nice. So I was like, let's do it. <laughs> I have time. I have money, mm-hmm.
0: and, and <laughs> then, it is an investment. And then that's almost the complete opposite end of the light meter, as far as technicals concerned. If if how simple it is to uh, technically do a dad cam thing, the medium format is completely at the other end.
1: Of oh my thing. gosh! And I got one that is fully. Ma- I don't know how much everyone knows about medium format cameras, but I got one that is fully manual. Like there's no battery. <laughs> There's like, you move the lens, to get focus. you have to move the lens distant from the body. So I had to learn how to compensate exposure values, like things that I just, I was, you know, I would use 35 millimeter cameras before, but sometimes they were automatic. So I was like, this, I'm going to learn film. Yeah. And then we shot an entire set. We decided the first thing we were going to shoot with my medium format camera was at night lit only by a flashlight. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And what what is what was the film stock on that? It was like four hundred. We used eight hundred. We used eight hundred. And then you're you're obsessed with focus to be up at like. 456 or whatever.
1: Yeah, cuz I I don't know if I don't have the right prescription, but I struggle with focus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I struggle with your focus issues when I'm trying to light for you. <laughs>
1: well, I know what I need. Cuz I also move a lot. I, I it's don't. not like I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to put it on a tripod. We'll mm-hmm. wake 2 hours till the sun's just right."
0: Yeah, cuz you came to me get and you're bored. like, "I'm going to shoot this with a flashlight." And I'm like, "With those fucking settings?" Really? But I did
1: the research. I found a good flashlight, except the batteries were incredibly expensive. There's always, you know, you learn <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. lot. Yeah. The good, good flashlights that aren't a million dollars require like specific, super expensive batteries that, you know, and they don't. There's no register of when the light becomes less intense mm-hmm. to your eye, and it's just in the photos once you develop them that you're like, holy shit, this was not bright enough. Almost ten minutes after I put a battery in it, so we had to buy like a hundred batteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was the same issue I dealt with when I did twelve cam in that flashlight ten. Yeah, that's and I should have known because I had watched you go through it, but I was like, now I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah but we yeah. did it, and it turned out really awesome. Yep. And. I think it's funny now that like people can't even tell what was a digital photo and what was a film photo. I mean, on that, all, they were all film photos, remember? Because I refused. You were like, you should shoot digi- digital as well, just in case it doesn't work. And I was like, no, it's going to work. <laughs> I made you come outside for like so many nighttime tests. So I was like, it's going to work.
0: Mm-hmm. it did. Yeah, it did. It did. And then we jumped in when we did Harley Quinn. We jumped in really hard technically on like how to get beautiful lighting. Yeah,
1: simple. Because I wanted to go black backdrop, one source, pro photo, and like, how beautiful can we make it? And we did a really good job. That was a, a gorgeous set.
0: Yeah, and it was a lot of work because we brought in some pro photo units, and yeah. then we were trying to figure out the exposure range for that film. And we I had appreciate you. I
1: understand how extra I am with every project I want to do. Uh, you know.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we actually figured it out. We figured out the exposure and how uh, to overexpose speci- spe- uh, specifically for sure, looks and everything. The medium God, format. Wow. Um,
1: well, you didn't. We are doing this at like nine a.m. on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's all good. Um, so, yeah, no. So it was. It was a quite a fun learning experience mm-hmm. to do that stuff. It's always fun to work with you, I think, because it is challenging, and um, I always feel like I felt like your career is on like a fucking high speed trajectory. Trajectory, Jesus. Um, and so it's it's interesting to see an idea come to fruition, and then us just sort of beat it. Into submission and say like this is exactly what we need and this is and then the next thing you know like three months go by four months five months go by and then the clients are like ooh how do you get this specific look and it was like oh it was all because of that testing that we had done yeah prior to it you know um okay so then you come out of uh break six month hiatus and that was well I mean let's be honest on the show that was tough for you right it
1: was tough for me even though I was doing it, I am talking to my therapist, and I'm like, I'm just never going to work again. I'm worthless. And she's like, you decided to take this time off. You can go back to work anytime. And I'm like, it's not that easy.
0: <laughs> well, because the issue, and I've said this on the show a couple times, the issue is that you're always setting up for work five months down the line.
1: Yeah, it's so true.
0: Right? So, mm-hmm. like, you're doing emails, or you're doing conversations for work that's going to come playing, you know, months and months from now. Yeah,
1: then. there aren't just people... Who have? I mean, that's not true. There are, but you know, for the most part, if you're looking for bigger jobs, it's you got to make the connection. You got to sell yourself. They have to like what you're doing, and they have to see your idea in their product. Or you know, it's a process to get anything made. Yeah,
0: yeah, it takes months to do that. And so, when you took such a long period of time off, the effects of that period of time were just. Sure. There because you hadn't laid the groundwork. Sure. Taking that time off.
1: Some credit to myself. I was dealing with some health issues. So yeah,
0: you don't have to defend yourself. I'm just saying that. From a I know that's
1: true. It's 2022. We're allowed to take time off for our mental and physical health. <laughs> Do what you, it's best for you.
0: This is a Gina keeps telling me every day. Yep. Um, <laughs> But it was interesting to see the results of that and, and to see you get back into it. Sure. And I think I you think, you only had like a, about a week or two weeks of insecurities on it. And then as soon as you started to roll again...
1: I think the first thing I did coming back was the Lil Nas X for GQ. I think that was my... Yeah. And that was a good project because I was able to take everything that I'd learned during quarantine with all these tools and they were in a position to not monitor me. So I came on to set and shot whatever I wanted mm-hmm. without like, they either just didn't understand or, or just trusted me probably a mix of both depending on who was looking at me. <laughs> but <laughs> I got to shoot with whatever I wanted and then we edited it. Like you did a really good job editing it and they loved it. Like,
0: how did you get, I mean, without getting too specific, how did you <clears throat> end up hooking up with uh, GQ?
1: That was Rick. Right. Yeah. Right, they asked I Rick to do something and he wasn't able to. And then uh, yeah Rick kindly...
0: Darge, Rick Dars hooked yeah, you Yeah,
1: thank you so much, Rick. That was a really important job for me. Yeah,
0: See, and that's how this business works. It really is like relationships yeah. and friends. Because I didn't
1: do anything like... I look back on that and sure, it's it's nice. Like I like the way that it looks, but I wasn't blowing my mind. Like I didn't do anything new for me. I'm like, you know what the new aspect was that it was little Nas X in front of the camera. Like that was different and that it was GQ and it was going to reach such a large, not that, you know, my other stuff wasn't reaching audiences, but this is obviously like little Nas X was the biggest artist. Like there was no way I was turning down that job, even if it wasn't a great rate. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Cause, of pay- yeah, cause <laughs> yeah. Of the payment, yeah. Cause the payment, but the um, the other thing that was fascinating, too, is that they just didn't they just initially want a behind the scenes person? Is that sure, what? Sure.
1: Yeah. That, the job was for a behind the scenes. But when I kind of vetted out, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And they I yeah, I can't differentiate if they just trusted me or didn't know what that was. But I was like, I'm going to do all these things and you're going to like, here's my work. And is that what you want? And I think the shoot was coming up in like two days. So they just kind of had to be like, it's we're using her or we're not going to get video footage yeah yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) so you were able to crowbar in what you wanted to do yeah
1: i didn't sacrifice anything like i just did we did exactly what we wanted and it turned out so well and they loved it and like it couldn't have been better for the next steps
0: we're in this weird transition right now so these magazines and publications are in this odd transition where
1: yeah they're all going digital
0: where they're going digital and a lot of like what uh, was it? Them or was it another company where suddenly, like, they just fired like the entire photography team?
1: <clears throat> I don't know. I can't remember. I forget which
0: magazine yeah. it was.
1: I mean, it's happening.
0: Do you want to do that right now?
1: No, it's okay. You can. We would have to pause because I have. I would have to drink half of the water bottle.
0: No, go ahead. Do it. Okay. We could do it on air. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Do your uh, take your pills. <laughs> well, so while Gina sits here and drinks half a water bottle. Um, yeah, no, I forget what magazine it was, but it was a magazine that we had heard about where, um, because of the transition, because of the, at the end of the day, it was because advertisers were no longer advertising in print, which means that they had to rethink their structure.
1: Sure. And, and magazines are just getting rid of their print issues. Like how many have we seen go in the past year?
0: So now you have, uh, these larger magazines that have laid off. Uh, entire departments of people that usually do that. And they're bringing in new folks to do this new digital thing. And these magazines are still trying to figure out what that fucking digital thing means. And so is it like just sitting down with stars and interviewing stars? Like, how are we shooting our covers? Are our covers photos? or our covers video at this point? Most of this stuff is ending up on social media. And so you kind of fell into the right place at the right time with that, where honestly, I think they were just sort of confused. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, I also like, I mean, oh, I was going to shoot photo, but the photographer was like very, I don't know, territorial for lack of a better word. Like I was like trying to describe to him that it's not a photo, but yeah. So I was a little limited on that job um, just due to the atmosphere, but it was really good. I mean, the, the videos came out really well and they ended up taking Gifts from the video and putting it with the photo spread, which is so unusual for to to collaborate those two things. Um,
0: I think it's just because they're understanding that this is evolving. Yeah,
1: but it's powerful, and then that that's something that I've been working on for how long now. Like I don't know if the B project was the first one, but as soon as I got my hands on a camera, I was like, "How can I make photos?" You were doing that back in Boston. Yeah, I was like, "How can I make motion photos?" I don't know. I think I just get. I think boredom is like my main. (laughs) My main driving force to try anything new, but I was like, oh, how can I make something as cool as the photograph move, but not too much where I feel like I need to have a story? I don't know. I just, I was trying to build something and it ended up coming up at the perfect time. People always say, like, you know, if you get lucky enough to be doing something at a certain time, that's how I feel about the Robert Pattinson job was like yeah. the perfect time for something that I had been working on for like three years and now. I mean, it got huge. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that was so cryptic. We can get into that if we yeah, want. Yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> so the the interesting
0: thing was that uh, you, like I said, you you were hired to do uh, a very sort of line item task. Yeah, right. Because they sort of go, let's get, let's bring in a behind the scenes person yeah. to come in here and just shoot some video of us, you know, shooting these photographs. And instead of just sort of going, hey, I'm just going to make a day rate, I'm going to fall in line with this, you were like, no, 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 here's an opportunity for me to actually...
1: Sure, exactly, yeah. I I wouldn't do it if I was... I have to be creating something that I want to create in any capacity. If I do any job, I won't do a job unless I'm making something that I want to make. So I was like, how can I... Luckily, Noel over at GQ is amazing, and he was like, I trust you, like... This is everything you're talking about. So cool. He came on to set, saw my tools, and he's like, "Amazing! Like I can't wait to see." Like he, it takes someone like believing in you that has the power to give you a job. So that was really great.
0: Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> so you did the uh, little Nas X piece. Yes. That came out. That released.
1: Yeah, that was really good. Um, I don't think that necessarily weird i think it did stuff for me because then i was able to go to people and be like i just shot little Nas x but that didn't do as much as i was hoping right
0: well no i mean it wasn't as fast as you thought it was going to be but yeah the thing that we've always talked about is that it's not as and i this is the same thing with movies it's not about how technically good you are it's not whether or not you shoot great stuff when it comes to a general audience it's all about who you shoot who's in front of your camera like actually who who these people are looking at, whether there's interest in this. And I just had this conversation the other day with uh, Big Black Delta. We were talking about music videos, and I said, my most successful music videos are because of the song. It's got nothing to do with my skill. It's got nothing to do with any of that stuff. And so I think that was a revelation for you out here where you were like, I need to start shooting people that people want to see. I need to start working with celebrities. I need to start working with talent for people to start recognizing. And, and I think... You were feeling that with B because the relationship that you and B had, she was really great, gener- generous with you, where she was like, Gina's my collaborator. Mm-hmm. And so now all her fans were following you and all her fans were coming to you, understanding that that was a collaborative relationship. Yep. Um, and so then the hunt really was for, for you to find like one or two more Bs.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was, we made the, you helped me make a, you know, lifeboard on our ceiling back in boston right where we we had all these little trees and branches and who i wanted to work with what i wanted to do and that really helped and that was always the goal it was like work with for lack of a better word famous people because that's the next yeah because step
0: just gets eyes on you it really does yeah and it isn't because it isn't just because of their followers it isn't just because of their traffic that they get it's it's the fact that they're creating content that it's really impressionable on others yeah yeah 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And so that was the main motivation for you to work with Little Nas X at yeah. that point.
1: And we knew there was some, you know, which is something that really sucks because I see it happen all the time, which I try to not put any artists in this box. It's like, if you work at a capacity and in a certain role, that's the way they're going to see you. So, like, that was a really tough choice I had to make. I was like, I do not do behind the scenes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I just don't. And not that it's not an amazing thing to do, but this is not what I do. Like, and we talked about it for a long time, being like, "Should I do this GQ job?" Like, GQ is only going to see me as a behind-the-scenes photographer, and that was like really tough. But I knew what I wanted out of it, and I had decided that that was more important than what GQ thought about me.
0: Right, because it was a risk. Because not risk. only are they going to see you in that title, yeah, but they're also going to see you in that rate range, yep, as well for for money, yep. And so that's a difficult challenge. Because yep. no matter how hard you work for someone, no matter how much they say, hey, guess what? We'll get you on the next time. Yeah. They don't. No.
1: And yeah. even if they want to, there's so many factors. Like, no one can promise you a job in the future. Like they can only promise you a job, you know, when they're promising you a job.
0: <laughs> so then the other thing that you briefly touched upon, and, and I think everybody f- will find this fascinating, um, you're also not not only is print sort of changing and dying and and sort of the old uh, realm of creatives that are circulating around that are, are changing hands and and having to evolve or get pushed out. You're also dealing with um, the photographer, and you're dealing with so whenever a shoot like this happens, it seems like the sales pitch of a magazine to the artist is: "We're working with this person. We're working with this creative. We're yep. working with this photographer." And so they bring in uh, the the talent is either attracted to or in in enticed by whatever this photographer is. And so then there's a sense of ego that comes with that photographer, because you know, as you're listening, we are all insecure, right? Most people have imposter syndrome. Like you've had imposter syndrome, I've had imposter syndrome. And so there's a sense of ego that needs to to come into a project. So like that photographer's agent may say like, everybody fucking loves you. You're the shit. This is what's going on. Right. Sure. And so then you, you walk onto this job and it's your set. And so then when you're looking around on the set, you witnessed this. um, If there are other photographers around or if there are other creatives that are on your set, some people get kind of fucking snippy about that shit. Yeah. Some people get kind of worried about that stuff
1: yeah and I mean it's not like I get it and I also don't get it like a magazine's not gonna always hire you a magazine's or whoever is gonna always want something and like great if it's a really great collaboration and that you can work together again but also like don't be so worried <laughs> I that was definitely a weird set for me because he did not like me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He, like, tried to yell at me once, and I was like, what are you... What did he yell at you about? Because he, like, barricaded off the set, and, like, little Nas X is little Nas X, which you can assume he's got his own personality. He was great, you know, considering that he was there all day. But, like, when he was done with the shot, he was done with the shot, which I understood very quickly. So I was like, I got to jump in. Like, Mm -hmm. while he's figuring out his photos, like, I have to be jumping in. And I made sure to not be in his way, but... Apparently, anytime I was on set, I was in his way. So I was like, "Okay, the ego there is is incredible." But whatever. Uh, yeah. So I don't mean to talk shit, but also he was not a great collaborator. And I will, after seeing things like that and being that person, like I will never be like that with someone else, and just leave your ego at the door if you're collaborating with other people.
0: Well, the thing that's interesting about it technically is that now you're having to adjust your vision based upon how how other people are responding on set. And so you're having to think on your toes, yeah. And you're running in and grabbing clips, like um, being your editor. Yeah, I sure see these see. clips. <laughs> I see these clips, and I see how talent is responding, and how just because the setup isn't right for you from the client with these cl- with with whoever is being photographed, oftentimes you could be dismissed. <clears throat> oftentimes sure. you could be
1: pushed out of there. Well, the the main problem, one of the problem since you know this is all new and budgets aren't changing if anything budgets are getting smaller but now you need to accompany more, yeah. both stills and video and yeah. having been in both positions several times like you're either one of the worst things is you finish a photo because photo usually comes first for now and then everyone goes, Great, we got the shot. Everyone's super happy. They're clapping. And then talent starts to leave the set. And if I'm the person who's shooting video next, I have to be like, Actually, one, you haven't met me yet. But two, now I'm going to do the same thing all over again, except we're shooting video, which is <laughs> arguably harder because you have to be on all the time. All yeah. the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it ends up being a little difficult for you. Sure.
1: And I think that's something that. You know, at least at my company, we're figuring out how to bond those two things so that you get the most efficient day.
0: Yeah, because that's the next transition for it. And it was interesting. Instead of you being irritated and um, defeated by the challenges that you were confronting, you were able to observe these challenges and just Mm -hmm. go like, "If I next time, if I do it like this, and if I bring these things in, yep." Um, Because you understand that you're building a reputation with folks that have never seen or heard of this stuff before
1: yep yeah just just the fact that it's still called behind the scenes and and i have a lot of clients that are like we don't know what else to call it and i'm like we'll figure it out
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so then you did the little nas x piece
1: yep um that was good i mean i'm taking back what i said before it was good for me because then i was able to say that i worked with him and i think that opened up a lot of publicists and I had interest from agents and stuff. Um
0: Yeah, because you were working with yeah. such a celebrity. Yep. Which is it's not like your skill had changed.
1: No. If anything, it was like a white backdrop.
0: Yeah. Like, it was like it, it was like
1: a boring ass set. Yeah. It
0: was like twenty five percent of what yeah. it is that you would normally do. <laughs> no offense,
1: no offense to everybody, but yeah. yeah. I don't
0: really like white backdrop backdrop stuff <laughs>
1: <laughs> personally.
0: <laughs> so then so then you were starting to get attention from publicists, you're starting to get attention from folks. Based upon that. Yep. And then,
1: what did you do next after that? Um, I don't remember, but the next thing I remember doing was Robert Pattinson. I was on vacation, and I got a call from GQ being like, we have something else. And I was like, I already said I wasn't going to do this again. And I was like, okay, but who is it? And then they told me it was Robert Pattinson, <laughs> who is like my number one, like, Probably it would have been my top goal in my career was to be like in the same room as Edward Cullen. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I called you immediately and I was like, okay, I know I said I would never do this again, but I can't not do this. (laughs) It's my soulmate besides you. (laughs) He just doesn't know yet. (laughs) So, uh,
0: all right. So then you, you suddenly have this dream opportunity. Oh, my God. What was it what was it like? What was it like working on that
1: one? Um well, if my Fitbit told me anything for the day, I I think I clocked in hours of cardio and it was specifically every time he walked on like onto set, my heart was beating so fast that my Fitbit thought I was doing a cardio workout. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was it I forget what you said when you first saw him? What was the first exchange?
1: Oh my gosh. So He was walking onto set and I was going up a ramp to get into the back room and he was coming down and he wears like very dad outfits that disguises him. And I like looked up, made eye contact with him, noticed it was him. He made eye contact with me back and I immediately like shuttered my eyes and looked away and I was like, this is the worst first way I'm going to be working with him. He's going to be like, this girl's so weird. (laughs) I just I didn't pr- mentally prepare myself for him to be right in front of me.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, that was an interesting set for you. You were actually really impressed with the photographer on. Yeah,
1: that show. Jack Bridgeland. He was awesome. Um, I was very, you know, like it was great. Sometimes I work with people and I'm like, mm, that's not how I would do it. But I was like, fuck yes. Everything that he did, I was like, fuck yes, I would do it like that. Like great, like. Overall, fantastic. The way he loaded it with practicals and also he was shooting digital and film. Um, he had plenty of sets and everything was like so minutia details. Like he gave me so much to work with and I was very grateful for that. And yep. he was a very, very humble collaborator. You know, when it was my turn to come in, he's like, let me know how I can help. Do you want to use my crew? So overall, 10 out of 10 for Jack Bridgeland.
0: Yeah, right. And so then, um, so did you get... It seemed like you got more time shooting with her. Yeah,
1: so I had learned because that was the first time I had ever worked uh, alongside a photographer, besides you, like with a stranger and had to find my own way. So I knew what I needed and I told GQ if I was going to do this again, like I needed specific time and I needed that understanding and I made sure to talk to everyone beforehand um, and meet Robert as soon as i could <laughs> <laughs> what a creep. so it was great i you know like they had i had proven myself to them and so as soon as he was done shooting i talked to the production team and i was like we need to announce that i'm coming in i need like that support and i had time with robert and like they kind of prefaced by being like we don't know you know talent can sometimes not want to shoot video or whatever but robert was an amazing collaborator and like He did. He let me have as much of his attention as the photographer did, which was really great. Um, So yeah, we we had more time and a lot more to work with. And I would say, unbiasedly, which people may not think I am able to say, Mm -hmm. Robert Pattinson is probably the best person I've ever shot. Like so professional, always on. Like some of the shots that I had were behind the scenes, like or rather not. Candid, candid is the best way to put it. Like, he was preparing for a shot and getting into a role and, like, focusing on what he wanted to be as a character. And and those that, even that was great footage. So, yeah, he's a fantastic actor and collaborator.
0: You had a lot of footage for that one. Yeah. We were able to build something. Should I stop talking
1: about how amazing Robert Pattinson is? That's (laughs) what everybody wants to know.
0: That'll probably be the title of this episode. He's
1: amazing and he's so nice. And he wanted to, so I would consider myself very professional. And there's very few times that I become a fangirl, but like, like when he'd want to talk to me and I was like, I just don't think I can like, I, I'd, I'd answer him cause he'd want to make conversation. And I'm like, why did you say that? Like he, he would talk about my dad cam. And he's like, wow, I can't believe those. And, and I had so much to say about that, but I was like, yeah, they're so cool. Like I'm, I'm so glad that I'm using them. And I was like, what the fuck Gina? You're so much smarter than that.
0: I think I'm going to call this episode. Gina cheated on me with Robert Pattinson. Oh my God. I think that's what the, the title of this one's going to be. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so you, you shot all this exciting footage. You had, like, sort of a career, yeah. career-changing day for you.
1: Yeah, it was – I left, and I was like, holy shit, we got some amazing stuff. I mean, the set designer was phenomenal. Like, hair and makeup was phenomenal. Wardrobe, um, everything. And, like, props to GQ for, you know, trusting that vision and, like, doing something so out of the box. Um, I think that was probably, in my opinion, their best – issue I mean it definitely put them back on the map in a hard way Um, and that was amazing and we again did whatever we wanted Mm -hmm. and they were like right off the bat they're like you know these teams can be really hard with their edits we're going to send it to Robert Pattinson you know we'll let you know what he thinks he you know like you know people can have notes sometimes uh, and no notes from anybody, like no notes from GQ. He loved it like yeah, it was, pretty it was much another the cut. straight cut and dry straight and forward deliver.
0: yeah, and it was it was fun to do that edit. yeah,
1: you did an amazing job.
0: thanks. It's funny that you're you know you have uh, a horror director doing your edits for yeah. fashion stuff. It's completely apparent. And I remember when we were cutting that piece and I started to put like animal growls underneath him, that oh my God, made me laugh. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> I was like,
0: they're not going to go for this shit. And uh, they did.
1: I think there has to be like, well, I, no one can do what we do because there's such a unique, like so many factors into what we do that are based on ourselves and the people we work with. But like, we there's a certain level of everything that we do that makes us laugh, which is so weird because it's also yeah. so serious and it's so high art. Like, yeah, I love it. I,
0: it's usually <laughs> me in my mind making fun of it. Yes. Is really what it is. <laughs> Especially in the edit where I'm like, Taking the piss out of it is yeah,
1: but say. it's just so, it's so good. The way you edit is, is amazing, and I'm oh, I feel very grateful to Thank you. collaborate with you.
0: Thank you. Um, yeah, because I could be a temperamental collaborator, <sighs>
1: whatever. <You> know, <laughs> I work with a lot of divas, so <laughs>
0: um, so then you know, I don't know if you want to talk about this stuff, but then when the, when the piece released,
1: oh, um, I guess GQ has something in their mandate where they can't credit the video team yeah i don't i won't begin to understand that but they pumped that video out everywhere everyone was posting it and there was no credit to me like yeah and i know the people that i knew in the team were apologetic about it but i'm like just credit me like it's not like you're paying me a million dollars to get over it but
0: well and I'll, i'll say it like the the fact that they released that footage made it incredibly confusing for, I think it was destructive on your part, but also on the photographer's portion of it, because then there was a confusion all the way around. There were people that were like, Gina, you shot those amazing photos yeah. for Robert. And you're like, I didn't fucking shoot the photos for Robert. <laughs> and then there was a sense of like everybody not knowing who did the video stuff. Yeah. For it. And
1: I had some people that were like, is this you? And I was, I was very grateful for that. That
0: Yeah. And it was, it was tough. It it was one of those moments where when you're dealing with these larger companies, they sort of like go, yeah, this is not what we, and you're like, okay, but everything's changing. And the the world in which you're working with is changing. And if you're, frankly, if you're going to ask incredibly talented people to come in to do something for no money for a small budget, because you don't apparently have the budget for that stuff, Mm -hmm. the least you can do is allow that person to get the advertising based upon the work that they've done. Because that leads to more work. That's the whole purpose. Oftentimes you'll get asked by clients, like, this is a great opportunity for you. Well, it's not a great fucking opportunity for me if you're not putting my name underneath the fucking product. Yeah. Like, that's,
1: that's not what that is. It just seems like an old way of thinking that, you know, they need to... Everyone should be moving forward with collaboration and crediting. And, like, the power of crediting is just... What, what would it have taken just my handle on Instagram?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, because within the first, cause remember it was a struggle. You, were, you yep. came to me and you're like, they didn't put my fucking name on there. And it was a struggle for the first half hour because that's when the most people see yep. the piece and the algorithm sets that up. Yeah. And so then, I forget what their response was. was, Oh, yeah. We don't need to get, I mean, that's private. But
1: like, I will say that, you know, credit, if you're going to work with people whose work you respect, credit them. I mean, that's what you can offer them. You know, they trusted me. It was great that they trusted me with my art. It was great that they let me have this amazing platform to work stuff on. But crediting should just be commonplace. Like, yeah. We need to move past that.
0: It doesn't cost them anything. It's not like they're no. paying per character when they yeah. When they write stuff underneath. So then we just didn't sit on that shit. We did our own campaign after that. Yeah. And we were making sure that we were putting it out there, that you were the one that was doing all this stuff. And it ended up working out in the in the end of the game. Yeah.
1: It was it was really good. Um uh, That was probably like, you know, of all the years I shot Dad Cam, that project put Dad Camp this is going to sound egotistical, but I think this is true. Like that fucking project put dad cam on the mainstream map. Yeah. All of a sudden, like I've been shooting dad cam for so many years and everybody is now like, what camera did you use on this project? And like, how do you do this? And can we hire you to do this? Like we were getting inquiries instantly from like friends and strangers. And I'm just like, that's not what makes the project good, but yeah, no, welcome. It's not. Welcome to the era of dad cam. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that was totally like you hear about that shit in movies where it's like oh you know you just got to be doing the right thing at the right time and that was exact like I never thought or you know you just never think that's going to happen because you don't even think it's real but it is real like nobody cared about Dad Cam before that project and that f- photo spread was just so influential and mm-hmm. the video that went along with it I just started to see people doing like that exact thing you know mm-hmm. people were recreating stuff which was very humbling and like
0: you were seeing it slightly before with the B stuff, because when you were doing the B stuff, the next yeah. thing you know, a lot of music videos were the same kind of vibe and those things were rolling out. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: sure, sure. I mean, in general, there are always going to be people that are inspired in, by anyone's work and try to replicate it. But like, this yeah. was like, gig- like it was so successful and it yeah. was amazing.
0: Well I, and and then when I talk cuz I have folks writing to me all the time about it too and asking like how we pulled off certain edits and how we did certain things and I try to explain to them like it's not you can't just go out and buy a rig like this there's so many different things that are involved with it it's yeah. not just the camera it's also capture cards and capture sources yeah, I have sources. people that I and
1: respect being like hey what camera did you use and I'm it's like it's not just the camera you're a cinematographer you know how little of an impact that truly makes at the end of the day
0: and, and <laughs> what you're getting for for that is you're getting not only all the camera gear that you show up with, because you show up with, you're like like a painter that shows up with
1: a a bag
0: full of shit. (laughs) And so you're always pulling out of this bag full of stuff. And sure, there are some products in that bag that you can buy and that you can find. Um, And we've seen other people pick up your products and use them on set. It just doesn't look the same because of the weird way that you got into it. You came into all of that stuff backwards. And so this backwards process that brought you into being a director and, and a, a music video director has created a style for you that comes from, like, backdoor Not learning. knowing,
1: too. Yeah. yeah. I think not knowing was didn't put me on a path that everyone else was on because I wasn't like being schooled or like this is the right way to do this. I was like, I don't know how the fuck to do this. And well, it also (laughs)
0: helps that you can seduce me into cutting for you too. Like so true. You've got twenty something years of editor that just sort of sits down and bangs out these clips. Oh yeah,
1: and uh director and Yeah, well, you know, whatever. You're an amazing resource that I will never Mm. shy away from sharing. Thank you.
0: Um but um yeah, no, it was fascinating. It was fascinating to see the culmination of this. And then that Robert job then led to other jobs for you.
1: Instantly, yeah. Instantly. That was
0: like... That's how you worked with the uh, Boohoo Man, right?
1: Yeah, we worked with Boohoo. Amazing collaborators as well. I feel like I've been so fortunate lately. They were just like, we want what you have. We trust you. Like on yeah. set, I was trying to like show them what I were doing. They're like, we love it. Like, thank you for showing us. And I'm like, this is amazing.
0: Like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then fast forward to... I don't know if you're allowed to talk no, about the projects. No, anything yet.
1: that isn't released, we can't. T- we can say that we did things, but we have to be very ambiguous. I don't even think we could say what they're for.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> there's a couple of other.
1: We got some cool ass projects coming yeah, out though,
0: with some interesting folks and yeah, and uh, you know uh, some celebrities. I guess we can talk. Like, some celebrities have been on my edit system. Let's just say that that we've been we playing.
1: shot an upcoming cover for Teen Vogue. We can say that.
0: Okay, Teen Vogue was yep. a shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, we'll leave the other one totally ambiguous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, once those things come out, you could probably come back on and talk about that relationship and that working relationship. Yes. Because amazing,
1: because, r- amazing collaborators. Amazing. Re- it's like the complete. I don't want to always shit talk GQ because I think, you know, they're great. A lot of the people that I know there are great, but like the other collaborators I've had are phenomenal. Like full creditation. Full credit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And full understanding that the industry's changing and full yep. collaboration respect. and want and respect, which. At the end of the day, I think that's what anybody wants as a collaborator. Yep. Is that, you know, and and people will sacrifice, you know, payment for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's really important. Um, Let's take a second here and uh, let's do some advertising. Okay. Are you you into doing some advertising? Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's do some advertising. What are we advertising? All sorts of shit. We're also going to plug your new sponsors. Oh, sick dog. On the show. So grab a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. there. Um, I'll throw music in now, in post. Okay, we'll hit some music. The music will be running. Music yeah, time. Music is happening. <laughs> Let me run through some of mine. This is uh, the point of the show where we're going to do uh, a check-in with our sponsors. Um, and uh, don't go anywhere, because I'm sure we're going to get into some interesting little technical things here. For all you nerds out there that are like,
1: how can I make my stuff look like that Robert Pattinson stuff? Get what? Robert Pattinson. What gear, What gear can I purchase that will seduce
0: him? <laughs> You have to learn how to drool and stare at him uncontrollably. I
1: did a very good job. I think most of the people on set had no idea. <laughs> Afterwards, I was like, that was happening.
0: All right. So, uh, first up, supporting the show, as always, are our good friends over at Puget Systems. Both you and I work on Puget Systems, on editing on PC. Love you, Puget. Yeah, we do. We've hung out with the boys. Yeah. We actually spent time with them in Vegas. Oh my gosh, so fun. Yeah. We have to hang out with them again. Yeah. And then they... They came out here and did their photo shoot out here, which you were in one yeah. of the photos. Was I? Yeah. There was the oh, one yeah. about the photographer. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, you were in that one. Uh, if you're someone that is a photographer, let's say you're a jack of all trades. You're someone that wants to do what Gina does. Um, you need to have a powerful PC, especially since a lot of the stuff that we're cutting is mixed mixed formats. So like you're dealing with uh, sequences that have dad cam footage, uh, 6K footage, all sorts of different stuff. You want an editor that can run all that stuff seamlessly. And uh, Puget is really trying to uh, focus these days on working with post-production houses. So there's a lot of you video editors out there. There's a lot of you color graders that are listening to the show. And you guys are hitting that point where your systems aren't powerful enough. And you need something uh, that uh, will run the newest formats. You need something that will keep up with your workflow uh and uh let me just say this man buy a pc you guys have heard the rumors you know that pcs are stronger these days you know the options are unlimited um i think the one thing that's holding a lot of people back from buying a pc is that they don't want to build the pc the idea of like trying to research what hardware is working with what hardware
1: yeah i don't want to do that
0: uh-huh so the thing that's great about puget systems is that these guys benchmark test everything they try out all the new gear they they mess around with all the new software updates They know how to build a system that works perfectly for the software that you're gonna use. Head on over to pugetsystems.com, check them out, but reach out to them. They have uh, consultations where they can talk you through what it is that you need. And if they can't do it for you, they're honest about it. They will tell you what works and what doesn't work. So whether you're a post-production facility, whether you're a color grading facility, or if you're just somebody who's a photographer that's doing music videos and doing all this stuff, you want tools that work for you. You don't want a tool to tell you no. Drives me fucking crazy. Gina will hear me yelling when shit doesn't work right. Yep. I, I put out all sorts of bad energy, apparently. So um, head on over to PugetSystems.com and check them out. Speaking of the Robert Pattinson piece, I think one of the, and the Boohoo piece, I think one of the most powerful aspects of that, besides your footage and besides the fact that we shot a celebrity, was the way it sounded. Do you agree? I agree. Because you came to me and you were like, Oh, for Robert, I am thinking opera. I know. And I was like, <laughs> What the fuck, Gina? <laughs> like, really? How much money do you have for budget for opera music? Like, where are we gonna license opera music? Um, and uh, luckily, right around that time, I had started to talk to Jambox. And so I just researched their website. I went through their website and I went, Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm hmm scale of opera that they had on their th- on their thing for a very affordable price was
1: staggering yeah gq fell in love with that they used that for all their promotion as well they were nervous at first right what I, oh yeah about using a different company besides the ones that they have licensing rights for yeah, yeah. because
0: a lot of these big magazines have licensing rights with other companies mm-hmm. and so then you're forced into using whatever library stock footage
1: th- or music they have yeah
0: yeah and a lot of that stuff is terrible
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it was a struggle. Let's be real. You go through that music and you're like, this is making my footage look like shit. Um, and so I knew how great Jambox was. I found the opera stuff on there. We did the cut with the opera stuff in there and we sent it to the client and they were excited about it. But they were like, do we have the ability to use this music? And I was like, yes, we do. Because I have the unlimited commercial plan, which allowed me to uh, put that music in for only $19.99 a month. Uh, so if you head on over to Jambox right now, check out their library. Like, are you impressed by their library? Because we go through it all the time.
1: Yeah. And the fact that you can break apart stems, I think it's amazing.
0: Yeah. And we can build music and mm-hmm. build custom music. We did that with Boohoo, man. We couldn't find a track specifically that worked.
1: Yeah. So you took, what, like four or
0: five yeah. songs
1: and built something custom.
0: And built a custom. And th- we did uh, a similar thing with, if I remember correctly, the only thing that we had to do with Robert Pattinson is we had to do... I had initially built those little tiny cuts, which we were very attracted oh, to. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, my, my lips keep smacking. you have to get rid of that. you got those big lips. Oh. <laughs> so so uh,
0: we built these little pieces, and they wanted us to do a larger piece. Yeah. And so then I, I had to go back to the library and find a whole new track, because oftentimes certain song tracks, you know, dictate how the piece is going to be cut, where it's going to go. And so I had to combine a couple of different tracks to make... Long piece work, yes, which was also very helpful. If you head on over to Jambox right now, check out the songs. These are the this is the website that we use for all our music licensing right now. The other projects that we're not allowed to talk about, I have also pulled for from Jambox. Jambox just asked me recently to put together a playlist on their website. I think they're going to be doing um, a new blog post, a new artist sort of feature of me and my work up there. If you're curious about the songs that we use for Robert Pattinson, if you're curious about the music that we've used for these other pieces, I've put them together on a playlist, which you'll be able to find on Jambox, jambox jambox.io. Why are we taking your headphones off? Where are you going? I gotta go pee. Okay, go pee, it's fine. Uh, Head on over to jambox.io right now and check out their subscription plans for $9.99 a month. If If you're a vlogger, if you're a student, if you're creating podcasts, you get access to all their music, unlimited downloads, And this is for social media posts, web and streaming, personal student projects, or film festivals. It's a great fucking deal. Uh, There's a 30-day free trial right now up there. If you uh, check out, if you're someone that is doing corporate stuff, digital ads, weddings, if you're shooting for magazines like we were, the unlimited commercial plan is the way to go. It's only $19.99 a month with a seven-day free trial. Definitely check it out. And if you're a student, you get everything from the unlimited commercial plan for six bucks a month. Uh, and that's for use in student projects, film festivals, web streaming, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and if you're someone that is tired of subscription plans, you can do single song licensing as well. And it's starting at like $19.99 a month. It's really, or not a month, per, per song rather. So 20 bucks a song. It's fucking great. I cannot say this enough. I say this on every ad read with these guys, and a lot of you are listening. Let me just say this right now. Gina, has Jambox changed the way our stuff looks? Yes. <laughs> Do you believe that though, honestly?
1: Yeah, no, I think we have found I remember the little Nas X we had to use or we thought we were gonna have to use their stock sites it was and then terrible. we we ended up going with Jambox, I think, and we yeah. found an amazing song. I was trying to replicate like a Frank Sinatra esque. Yeah, yeah, track.
0: yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing more depressing than when you have that really shitty collection of music, because let's be true about it. They they have no money put aside for music licensing. It's not like we could go to like Big Black Delta and be like, hey, here's, you know, 60 bucks, (laughs) you know, make a song for this thing that's going to be seen by thousands and thousands of of people, you know, it's just unfair. So uh, head on over to jambox.io and have it change your world. So exciting news on your front. Uh, you have a new sponsor. Who's your sponsor right now?
1: Creative Solutions, better known as Small HD, Teradek, and Wooden Camera.
0: Oh, see so you. You see? You fucking much better than I am. I was just going to say Small <laughs> HD, so... <laughs> Creative Solutions is a company that enc- and, and has now encompassing all those different companies. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, TerraDeck is is the leader in uh, wireless monitoring systems, like wireless transmitters, which is phenomenal. Uh, what is it? Uh, wooden camera is for uh, camera accessories rigs. And accessories and rigs, yep. and then small HD are the best monitors to have on. Set. Oh yeah, yeah. What did they send you? They sent you some good shit.
1: We're still building out our packages. Uh, But right now we have the Cine 7 and the OLED 22, which is the best. I'm right. I think that's a 6K. They have an OLED 27 now, which is so cool. I like how you have FOMO. I already want the other one. You just have this thing sent to you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Look at it. It's on the screen. You have fucking FOMO already. (sighs) Um, It's so good. It's so perfect. The colors are amazing. everything is amazing about it so far we i try to bring it on every sunset the clients will be like don't have a monitor we don't want like you know people to be previewing your stuff and i'm like but i want to look at it on this monitor
0: <laughs> uh so yeah if you, i mean many of you who are shooters out there many of you know small hd's the shit they really are um we're big fans of them at this point not just because they're sponsors for us we hunted them down they didn't come to us we hunted them down because we love those monitors on set and one of the most difficult things as a cinematographer and as a shooter and as a guy that's lighting for you is trying to get true looks and trying yep. to adjust on set and one of the things that you're very fortunate to have when you have become as a lighter oh a gaffer, here we go is that i'm also manipulating real time while you're shooting and so i'm always looking for a point of reference it's very difficult to light stills for that reason
1: yeah client monitor is so important or an ulterior monitor to the dit station so that you can move that around and you could see stuff while you're and then clients get their own little area to look at stuff it's just so important to have multiple monitors
0: and we're tweaking on set consistently
1: yeah and we were trusting that oled 22 over my laptop yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my laptop yeah it was So good.
0: Yeah, because a lot of the stuff we do is live. I know there's a lot of photographers out there that just shoot everything flat and they sort of do everything with the color grid. We don't do that. We actually do a lot of color adjustments and everything pretty much live.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I toy between putting an edit on something like Capture One so that every photo comes out with the edit and doing it raw. And I think both options are amazing on that monitor.
0: Yeah. We just did a shoot together that I'm not allowed to talk about. Another shoot. And then we were Which one? we were doing a studio shoot. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think. Can you talk about that one?
1: Yeah, I don't. I think that one's fine.
0: Well, what was the deal with that one?
1: That was for a band called Dreamers. Uh, we're shooting all their upcoming visual content for photo.
0: Mm-hmm. It was a big photo shoot because you. We ended up uh, getting the hookup and getting a space from KeoDi and our friend Kira that works over Kiyote.
1: Kira and Jake, they're Jake amazing. Well. Yep
0: they They hooked us
1: up up. it was an amazing studio uh and i have been like the job couldn't have been better timed because i was like i want to shoot on Schmidley backdrops and i want sand (laughs) and i want to like make a world in a studio and that obviously requires money and time so the right project came around and that was like couldn't have been more of what they were looking for anyways so it was very serendipitous um and we built out two sets mm-hmm. but we had to make it feel like five or six different like items at least yeah, as far looks, as visuals looks yeah. yeah. yeah yeah so we did that with lighting after we built the sets
0: we'll get into that after the ad read we'll talk a little bit about that since we can and we'll talk about finding crew and finding people that work with us for that okay Um, but and we'll also get into like how what a shitty job i did for you lighting on that as well okay but anyway back to the uh the ad reads here so small hd small hd did they give you uh, a a link a hyperlink or something a trackable link oh
1: yeah um yeah, I have one of those referral links. So yeah, I can, give it I to can me. get you a discount.
0: Yeah, get it to me and then I'll put it in the I believe it description.
1: W- oh, I can't remember how much. It w- might have been 10%, which is sick. Yeah, was it something like that? I think. I I'm, I feel like I'm promising something that isn't real don't yet. don't promise it yet. Okay. We, we can, it, we it's can, something, guys. It's yeah, something. A,
0: there'll be a discount if you guys click on gina's reference link
1: amazing collaborators i'd consider they remind me of puget in the sense that like any issues i have which are few and far between um they're immediately tackling it and they're very like they feel very small and like they are you know very attentive to your needs and
0: we've got a bunch of new really great sponsors we've got those guys we have a new battery company which i am not talking about yet but we'll be talking about them next week yeah um, and this all sort of ropes around the Blackmagic sponsorship oh, as yeah. well. So we've been shooting with the Blackmagic oh 6K my God. Pro. I feel like
1: I'm the perfect uh, person to talk about that because I'm the one who's like, I Go don't ahead. like big cameras. I want it to feel like my DSLR but I couldn't shoot my DSLR anymore because 1080 is unacceptable for some reason. Mm-hmm. So now I have a 6K that's about the size. You tried to like, well we are rigging it out through wooden camera to make it feel better but like our current rig was just not working for my need I just don't, I didn't feel comfortable with it So Let's just,
0: let's just put it this way Hot yoga doesn't give you upper body strength
1: Oh my god <laughs> But wooden camera was amazing and they're like I think I was like, I don't like to carry heavy things, they're like, we got you, we'll figure it out
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, we're putting together a really sweet shooting rig with the uh, 6K mm-hmm. um, The 6K has been very beneficial Not oh my only gosh, I love set, it But also for
1: post yeah, because I can, I for that Boohoo man, we wanted to shoot infrared, and I tried using an infrared lens, and I, that just knocks down too much exposure. So we put a LUT in the camera, so while we were shooting it, I could see what it was going to look like in post, and that's so fucking cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I think we, I don't know, did we end up using the LUT, or did you build a custom LUT when we did the, the mm. edit on that?
1: I think I built a LUT. I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. Or I tweaked that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, having the ability to store LUTs mm-hmm. in the Blackmagic camera and project those LUTs just for preview, not baked into the footage onto your monitor, yeah, so cool. really helps. And I can't say this enough, we're constantly putting our fingers in the soup. Like while we're shooting, um, we're constantly moving things, we're constantly tweaking things. Like what does this LUT look like if I put a gel on this light? Yep. What does this LUT look like if I dim this light down 5%? What What does this look like if I'm shooting daylight? We are consistently testing and pushing these things as far as we can. Mm -hmm. There is no simple option here. This isn't like you just put a setting on a camera and you get the look that is what Gina's look is. It is consistently being adjusted. And as we hire assistants and as we work with assistants, that's a big part of the training process. Mm -hmm. The boot camp that we go through with these folks is like, trying to teach them how to tweak real time, how to have the confidence to tweak real time while you're shooting and while you're doing things. Because oftentimes, as we've discussed on the show already, you're thrust into these worlds and you have to shoot something within 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be confident in the knowledge of what it is that you're getting (coughs) as an assistant that works for you. But also, you also have to rely on this gear that's giving you as many options as you possibly can um, to build these things in post a lot of the time yep. as well. So the combination of Blackmagic, small HD and Puget have really enabled you to create these things. Yeah. Fast, efficiently, and beautiful. Reliably. yeah, And reliably 100%. And this is honesty. As I speak to you, you guys know how honest I am on the show. So if you guys are even curious, about how to put together a package or even start to work in a creative way, the same way that Gina does, the same way that I do, check out all the links below. Go look at the resources that are available to you. And if you have questions for me specifically or questions for Gina specifically, you can write to us on Instagram and we'll try to point you in the right direction and give you the tools that you need not to replicate our work because fuck you if you do
1: also don't waste your time
0: on that figure out what you like exactly because by the time you figure out how to replicate this stuff we're doing some other shit yeah we (laughs) the clients don't want it anymore it's more about building that package it's putting together those tools that enable you to be a creative force Mm -hmm. and i think that's the important aspect of it um let's see what else who else am i missing uh oh brand new sponsor for the show very excited to have these guys on We are now working directly with ShareGrid. Woo! It's a big thing. You use ShareGrid, right? Yep. Yep. Gina says as she looks at her phone.
1: Ian has COVID.
0: What? You shouldn't say that on the show. (laughs) We'll get rid of that. We don't know who you're talking about. I'm not yeah. going to edit that out. Oh, my God. Edit it out. I, I don't want to edit anything on the show. But it's uh, not taboo out.
1: to get COVID anymore. Yeah, it's, okay. you know, a virus. I'm
0: not editing. There's no editing
1: on okay. this episode. Uh, so, <laughs> so, His address is... <laughs> so,
0: ShareGrid. You've used ShareGrid before. I
1: love ShareGrid. I love ShareGrid because there's a guy down the street from us who has all the lenses that I love. And I can just drive down the street and pick him up.
0: <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know what ShareGrid is, because some of you guys are new, ShareGrid is a great opportunity uh, it's a website that allows you to rent from other uh camera operators other folks that exist out there that have this gear and they're looking to make some money on it uh, so it's a great place to go to rent uh, affordable gear but more importantly all of you that work in this industry all of you that are trying to continuously make a uh, rent right and you need to have that passive income you need to have that supplemental income as you're waiting for the next job to line up. Maybe you didn't do your homework. Maybe you didn't go through the process of talking to clients and you're in that four month interim waiting for the jobs to come through. Um, And you've got a bunch of really great gear. Maybe you're someone that spent money on an Alexa. Maybe you spent money on lenses. Uh, Why not make cash on that stuff? So let me give an ad read officially here. For ShareGrid, do you own camera equipment that you're not always using? At ShareGrid.com, you can earn extra money renting out your camera gear to local filmmakers and photographers. ShareGrid vets every renter and gives them access to instant insurance to make sure that your gear is always covered against damage or theft for 100% of its value. That's important. ShareGrid is the largest, largest camera sharing community with over 150,000 creative sharing over 1 billion worth of equipment. Sign up today at sharegrid.com backslash ILWP and get $100 worth of promotion credits for your listings. You can list all types of gear, camera, lighting, audio, grips, props, even location, really anything production related. Don't wait, start putting your gear to work go to sharegrid.com backslash ILWP. That is sharegrid.com backslash ILWP. The link will be in the description of this episode. I'm always looking for ways to help you guys make cash, man, because passive income, supplemental income is what keeps us afloat. And oftentimes that's to selling stock footage. Oftentimes that's from renting out your gear uh that's also being smart about licensing your stuff licensing your photos this is something that we talk about all the time right gina yes yeah like properly licensing your photographs and getting money for it how often do clients want to have like the entire photo folder, folder of raw images for some low fucking dollar amount
1: um Not that often. Come on. Because it's not an option with me. Okay. Get off your phone. You run a fucking podcast. It's ad reads. What am I supposed to do? I'm just trying to transition. I am being your viewer and your audience. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, so yeah, I license your photos.
0: What the, for ShareGrid? No, I was just saying. So, so oh my god, you were not listening to anything. But I look saying. at me. I'm
1: using sponsors' names. <laughs> <laughs> ShareGrid, all right, small we'll HD. Get out of the
0: ad read segment. So I think that's. I everything. got somewhere for to the
1: be. Okay. All right. Relax. <laughs> what time do you have to be off the show? How long uh, do we have? Well, I have to be at the cafe at noon, and it's eleven. OK, but we can keep talking. Let's just wrap it up. You get want me to get wrap out it up. of the ad reads. You could do those after. <laughs> OK, we're done. We're okay. done with the ad reads. <laughs> what
0: a fucking gentle transition that was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So
0: back into the show. Um, so the the other thing that we were finding fascinating when we moved out here. Uh, obviously, during COVID, um, you were very restricted with your crew because you couldn't have more than certain people in a room because sure. of COVID protocols. But now that we're sort of breaking out of that, we're getting uh, back out into public and sort of releasing out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we've been searching for teams and crews, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. Yeah, because you need to have um, not just assistants, but but uh, lighting people, folks around you. And so we're constantly on the lookout for new folks. I did a post and uh met uh, a bunch of our team that you used on the last shoot that we were talking about, yep. right? Mhm. Which is great. All those folks that came on were really fantastic. Uh camera assistants, lighting guys, you guys all rock. You know mm-hmm. who you are. Um and but we're constantly on the lookout. Yes. for new crew. Um so I just want to throw that out there cuz I know a lot of folks are like, "Well, you know, when are we going to work together? What can what can we do?" It's like, "Okay, well, You probably have better chances working on one of Gina's shoots than you have working on one of my shoots because I don't shoot nearly as much as you do. You're consistently shooting all the time. So definitely reach out if you're someone that works on teams. And what we're looking for constantly are people that want to work hard, Mm -hmm. that are aware on set, that aren't using their phones during my ad reads. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh-huh. And
0: that, you know, have uh, the need and want to learn, um, have really good set etiquette, and uh, are just honest and truthful. And there's plenty of room to learn on our shoots. There's plenty of room to make mistakes. Yeah, we are not gatekeepers. Not at all. (laughs) Um, So if you're someone that is out there looking for work and want to do some stuff, definitely reach out. Reach out to me or Gina and... Just sort of lay the groundwork. Yeah. It's not like we're hiring every week, but we're always looking for people, looking for teams.
1: And in my ideal world, I'll have someone that I hire multiple times, not just once. Because if I hire you once, then I need to keep teaching people. And I'd rather someone who just wants to get into a groove.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, humbly, was that uh, when we did your last shoot, I had a lot of fucking trouble on that shoot. Yeah. Yeah. When we were lighting that shoot, I had a lot of trouble on that shoot. I don't know why. Like there was this point where it was a very simple setup where it was a backdrop and lighting for this backdrop. And, you know, I just had to, like, I had such a struggle trying to figure out that look. I remember there was this one moment on set where I was, I was holding the whole production back. I was at least an hour late for the whole production. It was tough.
1: We figured it out though.
0: We did. That's what I like about working with you. But it was interesting and it was it's these moments where like I've been lighting for so long and I've been doing this stuff for so long. We take
1: major breaks Breaks from it. So you can't just expect to come back in with all the tools. I mean, you may have the raw skill and everything, but like if if there was someone else who was lighting every single day, they would have been like they Mm -hmm. would have helped guide us quicker, but we did figure it out and we did a really good job of navigating a tough situation.
0: We did. I just wanted to bring it up that, you know, there are these moments where everybody fucks up.
1: Yeah. You fucked up. (laughs) I'm just joking. You did a really good job. There was a lot of stress and, and like, I've come to realize that there needs to be, I mean, I've always felt this way, but like there needs to be so many people on the set doing their own jobs. So I could come over and help you, but I also needed to be like manning the crew and like yeah. talking with the, especially cause we were like, you know, the clients were waiting. So I was like, I have to go be present for them. Um, I think I just gave you some like Yoda wisdom and then I would have to leave.
0: <laughs> you did. You did a good job with it. And it was weird because we were trying to, we were trying to light this background and give this certain vibe. And when you're working with strobes, strobes are very difficult. Because you really can't see a real-time preview with strobes. So the constant fight is like, can we see a frame? Can I see a shot? Can we see stuff? Because you're trying to make that work as as quickly as possible. But the other thing that I struggle with with strobes, and we work really hard to work with Profoto all the time because they're the simplest to use.
1: Yeah, and they're consistent. Consistent.
0: And the issue that I have with strobes in general is that they're incredibly powerful. And so they're just as far as light's concerned, they're not giving off shallow, they're not giving off gentle light. They're just giving off like fucking hard punches of light consistently. And so we're constantly trying to figure out how to manipulate that light and control that light. Um, and at the same token, uh, you love uh, cinema lighting and you love a very specific type of lighting, which gets mm-hmm. difficult to do at certain camera settings. So as we start pushing higher in those camera settings.
1: Well. Once I have like a Hasselblad, we won't be worried about this anymore. But I know, I
0: know, I know. We <laughs> got to get a camera that you can start shooting at like higher ISO. Yeah, without,
1: without concern of the grain. Yep.
0: Yeah, because that that will sort of change the the lighting abilities for us. Yep. Because when you're dealing with photos, if you're doing like really glossy high end print campaign photos, you have to start shooting at much lower ISO. Mm-hmm. Very smaller grain management, especially if you're doing film. Yep. You're way down there which then knocks a lot of lights off the board. So if you're talking about LED units, those things don't give up on enough power. That starts to knock things off the board. You also want to start playing around more with spotlights and stage lighting and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So we have to find a camera that will enable you to do that stuff. So those of you listening, if you guys have any suggestions on a really great low or high ISO camera with very low grain, mm-hmm. let us know. Let us know what you guys are shooting with because um, we're on the hunt for that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. I still have that. We had that Nikon for so many years.
0: I mean, it's done well for us. It really has, yeah. It really has done well. What was that? That's the D810 that yeah. we we
1: had it? the D800, and then we went to the D810. And that's like, it's funny how relevant that camera still is. It's still one of their...
0: Yeah, one of their top of the lines for Nikon
1: still. Yeah. yeah. And it, we still shoot some really great stuff with yeah, it. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I trust it always. It's just...
0: The problem with that camera, I think, ultimately, is that it's very technical. It's still like a digital camera. It's very technical. And I think when you're shooting digital stuff, it just feels technical. A lot of times you're not getting a lot of those imperfections that you like with all of these rando cameras that you're pulling in, Mm -hmm. you know, or like weird lenses and stuff like that. And so we're always strapping on strange lenses or shooting through like prisms or trying to make it less technical than digital ends up being. Yep. Yeah, so after doing all that work and stuff, we actually got... Uh, A minute to go on vacation. We got to go on a trip. I got to hang out with my parents. You get along with my parents really well, right?
1: I do. Yeah.
0: We got to go up the coast, stay up uh, on the Route 1 on the Pacific Coast. What was the hotel we stayed at? What was the pink? Tickle Pink. Tickle Pink, which was rad. You got to see uh, sea lions.
1: Yep. I got to see sea lions. What was that like? Stinky. Stinky.
0: Well, we were driving down the coast of California, and uh, Gina and my dad were staring out the window, and you guys were looking at a beach, and you're like, what "Well, we is- were
1: both looking for living animals in the ocean." And until that moment, and then suddenly we saw twenty seven thousand elephant sea lions, <laughs> and it was amazing. It
0: was absolutely weird. It was insane. It was weird. It's like a bunch of fat dudes like laying on the beach, tossing sand over their belly. Yeah. It was very strange. <laughs> And I couldn't help but laugh when we opened the door. My mom started to dry heave because mm-hmm.
1: of the, <laughs> the, the smell—the
0: smell that came in. Um, I love that coast, don't you?
1: It's really nice. Yeah, I feel like I'm doing it again next month. So
0: yeah, you're driving back up there again for a bachelorette party, right?
1: It's a long drive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was needed. It felt good to take that break. It felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me wrap up the episode by saying in general that I am very proud of the work that you have been doing. Since we've met each other, the growth has been exponential, right? You've gone from being a nightlife photographer to a fashion campaign photographer to a celebrity photographer, music video director. I mean, how long have you been doing this now? How many years?
1: In total, a decade. Yeah,
0: 10 years. Yeah, Makes sense, right? You start kicking at that point. You get eight years in. You start dealing with clients, right? Eight Mm -hmm. years in was when you were pretty much doing a...
1: What was the shoe company campaign? Oh, Bruno Mali.
0: Bruno Mali. That wasn't even
1: even eight years.
0: Uh. Yeah. So, like, it's been good, man. Yeah. I'm very impressed with the stuff that you do.
1: Oh, I love you.
0: I love you too, bub. And it's nice to um, be able to jump in and out every once in a while and work on your stuff.
1: I feel fortunate to have had someone doesn't matter what I'm going through, you've already done it in some capacity, and it's really nice to be able to, like, have a good people around you that can give you advice whether or not you take it. Yeah, I know, because I'm also crusty,
0: you know? I'm like an also, I'm like a, a crusty... Little
1: elephant sea lion? Yeah,
0: I'm a crusty, jaded sea lion that's throwing sand on myself.
1: And a little stinky?
0: Yeah, yeah, so you can take what you need from me, you know what I mean? And I say that to everybody listening to the show, I'm an old crusty fuck, so take, take what you need. Yeah. You know if, if there's something good here take it do what you need with it um but uh yeah that's it man i think we can wrap this up how long was this how long is this episode yeah um not bad it's right on point about an hour and a half
1: okay yeah
0: it's right on point Don't sorry
1: as- i'm sorry that i had to Don't i have to go insecure
0: about the back end of this episode <laughs> uh, okay
1: yeah it's fine
0: you told me you needed to go Okay. We'll get you off here, and then I'll shit on you when you're gone. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> I
0: you in the wrap up of it.
1: <laughs> I love you. Well, I'm proud of you and I think you do amazing things. Oh, well, thank you so much, little mm. lady.
0: I love you too. Uh, thanks for being on the show today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys learned something. Uh, follow, uh, uh, Gina on Instagram. Make sure we'll have the link in the description. I think it's just Gina underscore Gisela, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, Uh, Check her new stuff out. She's got some new shit coming out. When's the new stuff dropping
1: that you're not allowed to talk about? Sometime this month, I think. A couple of them are.
0: Between now and June, right? Yeah. You've got like three new things that are on the horizon, right?
1: Mm, I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Vogue bit Mm -hmm. and all that. Yep. Yep. So anyway, um, that's it. Thanks for being on.
1: Okay, thank you for having me.
0: It is me hanging out with the lady. Um, you guys had been asking a lot of questions on Instagram about uh, the work that uh, Gisela has been doing and uh, the edits that we've been doing. And I appreciate everybody following me on Instagram um, and constantly checking in and sending support and messages of support uh, for the projects. Um, and I just wanted Gina to come on and we would, uh, just sort of give you guys a bit more insight into how she's making the crazy stuff that she's doing and how she's finding a way, um, to have a business and be successful in such a, uh, you know, really intense, uh, period of transition for a lot of these industries, uh, whether you're talking print or you're talking music and all that sort of stuff. So, I'm fascinated with everything that she's been doing lately, and I'm fascinated with everything that she's learned lately. And I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a glance behind the curtain uh, into what's going on. So if you want to check out um, all of Gina's latest stuff, head on over to ginamanning.com. There's definitely a bunch of her posts that are up there right now. Um, She also has links to her Gisela website, which we'll put together... Um, but you can see, uh, her amazing spreads and everything that's happening. And as you look through all this stuff, just know that it's not about the tools. It's not about the gimmicks. It's really about the mindset and the creative mindset. And she touched a bit apart a bit on it, uh, earlier in the episode. Um, but it's about how she collaborates with these artists and how she connects with these artists that lead to really great stuff. So if you're looking at an image of one of these acts um you know and you're technically sort of pulling it apart make sure you look into the eyes of each one of these folks and understand that there's a trust that has been formed um in the pre-production on this that makes it special and i only point that out because i want to make sure that you guys are shifting your attention to stuff like that make sure that you are definitely remembering uh to ask yourself why am i even doing this in the first place why am i shooting this to begin with um, but anyway, just to catch up a little bit more with you guys, uh, we talked a little bit about it at the end of the episode, but, um, yeah, I got to go on a vacation. <laughs> it was nice. It was really nice. Um, it had been three years since I saw my parents. It had been three years, uh, since I got to cook with my dad and my dad, uh, is, uh, a main food inspiration for me. Uh, obviously there are, Growing up, he would always introduce me to strange new foods. There are stories of how he would drag the high chair over to the stove and feed me as a toddler while he was cooking. Um, And he was so excited to come out to Los Angeles because of the food. And we went on uh, quite the culinary adventure. Uh, I think I took him to his first uh, Korean barbecue session, which was astronomically amazing. Uh, We did everything. I did uh, uh, an amazing uh, Korean... uh, uh, fish taco session here at the house. I actually did a Mexican night. Uh, we did uh, turkey carnitas. Oh, fuck. The turkey carnitas are the shit. There is this specific grocery store over in Eagle Rock that sells uh, pre-made uh, slow braised turkey thighs. Uh, they do it the same way they would do pork carnitas and it's better than pork carnitas. They're such a, a rugged, rustic flavor profile and texture to it. It's so fucking good. So fucking good. got to hang out with my mom. Uh, The two of us got to chill and uh, hang out at different hotels. We stayed along the coast. We got to talk about life. It was weird, man. It was weird. Three years. Can you imagine three years since you saw your parents in person? Um, And it took us about 15 minutes and we were right back together again uh, as travel buddies and oh man it was so nice it was so fucking nice uh, so that's why I took uh, a week off was because I was doing that And um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this you guys know my love affair of the Route 1 and the Pacific Coast it was just so gorgeous and I tried to do some posts from the hotels that we were staying at and just the way that surf pounds into California oh, it was wonderful it was really really wonderful um so uh, make sure that you're spending time and you're checking in with your family and you're checking in with the people that support you and make sure that you're living your life a bit um, because this industry is, is intensely brutal and, and very uh, unstable right now. Um, and so projects come and go instantly. Uh, what people are looking for is all over the fucking map. Um, and this is something that I'm struggling with right now. I'm trying to redefine my goals and I'm trying to redefine my happiness um, because the industry is has been uh, fucking relentlessly intense right now. And, and uh, it's been brutal. It's been very brutal. And I am I won't go into specifics on this episode about what's going on, but at some point I will and we'll talk about uh, what's happening with projects and everything else. Um, but let me just say this. I am so happy to have you guys here. I am so happy to do this show. I'm so excited with how successful this show has been over the past year and change. Um, the Peter Storm episode, so fucking cool. Yes, I'm supposed to hang out with him. I will let you guys know how that's supposed to go, but I'm supposed to go hang with, out with him in June. Um, the Chad episode, Chad Coleman. Uh, really great episode. Is there a actor, is there a celebrity that you want me to interview on the show? Send me some notes. Send me some messages on Instagram. Who should we get on next? Um, do you guys know somebody? Do you, Have you worked with an actor? Have you worked with a director that you guys want to have me on the show? I'm opening it back up to you guys. Who should we talk to next? I feel like we've hit a really great high point, and I want to bring us on a sort of level plateau for a few weeks and we'll find the next round of craziness to do. Um, So that's what's going on with that. Also, let's see what else is happening. A lot of new stuff. We're going to line it up in the next few episodes. I'm trying to put together some merch. I'm trying to put together um, some, uh, you know, exciting things for you guys to buy and purchase from the show because I get this all the time. People are always asking me, where can I get... Those storyboard shirts. Well, those were a limited press. So I think I'll do something new. We'll do something new next. Everything I put out, I try to be collectible. Um, there's been rumors around. Yes, I just did a line of pins. I did a line of amazing pins by Crunchy Fingers. Um, and But those are for guests only. <laughs> like such a tease. They're for guests only. And for some of our super users, we're going to talk to you guys soon. Um, But I'm going to get crunchy fingers on the show because he is also doing a variant of those pins, which will be available to you guys as well. Lots of fun stuff coming up. Lots of cool ways to support the show. Wear shirts and be proud of the show. Talk to your friends about the show. Um, We love you guys. We see it when you do it. I try to repost all the time when I see you guys advertising for us. Um, Because without you, I wouldn't have been able to do the past year worth of programming all right so you guys are you guys are in with us you guys are embedded uh, that should do it i'm gonna wrap up this episode thanks for listening and uh thank you for the musicians that support the show thank you for our sponsors that support the show and uh thanks uh gina for coming on and uh helping me make an episode today so without further ado i will let you go um you know the deal i'll see you next tuesday